Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to the Crossword for November 26th, 2018, almost December. Can't believe it, 2018 coming to a close. But this week on the show, we're going to be talking more about Ghostbusters 3, Ghostbusters 3.5, Ghostbusters 4, I don't know, the new Ghostbusters movie. We're going to talk about 12 mistakes that it should avoid. Then we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters crossing over number 8, the conclusion of the IDW series. Stay tuned, it's a fun one. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. I don't know. Let's talk about Ghostbusters. That always makes yeah, me feel better. I love it. Um, well, hey, welcome everybody. So this is uh, one of the few last remaining uh, episodes of the uh, ever twenty eight ever ever. Yes. I just want to cause panic for a second. Oh my god! Or no. relief in a couple of people. A couple of people out there going, "Oh, thank oh, God! Thank God! We don't have to listen to these guys anymore." I'm really glad they introduced me to the soundtrack show because now <laughs> you guys can leave. I'm going to listen to that from now. Good thanks. Thanks click. very much. Moving on. Skip. Um, no, yeah, we've got uh, we've got the holidays right around there. As as we are recording this, it is the eve of Thanksgiving here in the states. Chris, you're Canadian, so you've already had your Thanksgiving because that's how you guys roll. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, the holidays are upon us, so that does of course mean that we've got uh, some special programming coming up, so that Chris and I can enjoy some time with our loved ones. Um, but yeah, you'll have you'll have some, f- you know, actually let's. Maybe we could talk about it on the... Well, we'll talk about it off the air. I was going to say, because we have we have the rare occasion where a Monday of our podcast release is happening on New Year's Eve. So yes. we, we <laughs> need to come up with a plan so that you can ring in the new year at the exact same time as a certain movie, maybe, a certain movie. possibly. Only this time, maybe with us? Yeah. Yeah. With just you know, just just ruin things. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people they want that like New Year's kiss or they want a toast or whatever. You can listen to a couple of uh, loudmouths talk about. Stuff. Oh, see there, you just said it because when the clock uh, strikes midnight, it's got to be you and I into the microphones. Just. <laughs> <laughs> we turn into a Tex Avery cartoon. <laughs> 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 But uh, yeah, What's so and for the British people, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, so so good news is we uh, we have a, a, a fun discussion topic here that's going to be in our our news segment, so to speak, and then we've got a merch rundown. Uh, then we'll be talking about Ghostbusters crossing over number eight, the exciting conclusion to the miniseries, um, and all that it uh, ties up and all that it does not tie up. Hmm? Wink, mm. eyebrows. Um, and uh, yeah, and then next week we'll be back with uh, another regular show, and then past that, courage. Uh, we're gonna have, you know, some some fun pre-record stuff, but fun content nonetheless. Uh, Chris, I think you're planning your usual uh, Ghostbusters Home Shopping Network uh, show to give gift ideas yeah. to ghost heads. 
that uh, uh, that two week panic to buy for the the ghost head who yeah, has yeah the ghost head who has everything and then we'll also do uh, we'll do another Christmas music that doesn't suck uh, podcast in there uh, as well at some point so uh, but anyway uh, let's let's do it let's get into the the meat of the discussion here because I have a feeling that the first uh, item of business we'll take a half hour to talk about and then the second item <laughs> we'll talk a half hour so uh, here we go let's let's launch into the news hey guys Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. So, Chris, I think this is technically fallout still of uh, Dan Aykroyd's comments on the Dan Rather big interview that we talked about last week here, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed by the number of articles that have popped up going, no, there shouldn't be a Ghostbusters 3. Nobody wants it. Yeah, except about 80 of you wrote articles yeah. about how we should. It's like, yeah, Sony really takes a, oh no, the world responded. We should probably not pay attention oh my to goodness. this Yeah, the, the film blogosphere has been <clears throat> running at 110%. Uh, as it, Again, anytime a small offhanded comment is made, as it usually is, but... Uh, so, Chris, you, you pointed me toward this article, um, and I bet you probably feel a little more strongly toward it than I do, but the uh, Cinema Blend article that was written by uh, Mick Jost, uh, in which he, I want to say, tries not to be snarky, but ends up being kind of snarky in a few places. Well, it's Cinema Blend, so... Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there is that sort of edgy tone to it or whatever. But any, anyway, it is the uh, 12 mistakes that this particular author believes Ghostbusters 3 needs to avoid in order to be successful. Um, and there are a few in there yeah, that okay. I, I actually agree with, and there's a few yeah, that I don't. I do, so. I do, I do, too, I do too. There's a, there's a couple of things, and although to be fair, I think a couple of them are like no brainer agreement things. Yeah. Um, but the te- the headline alone is where I, I immediately went, okay, I gotta see what's up here. <laughs> Because uh, this this is what drives me nuts. It's that it's the it's whatever the film equivalent, the armchair director. Or it is the armchair quarterbacking. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's somebody who's decided I know how it should be done. It's like, well, you're not doing it, so I'm not sure how much <laughs> how yeah, much weight yeah. we should put on your opinion there. Uh, there all the uh, people sport, that think but... that they can coach the Edmonton Oilers better than uh, the Edmonton Oilers coach, who I think is Ken Hitchcock now or whatever, but. Um, <laughs> So yeah. So at any rate, um, why don't we why don't we just kind of go through these twelve, and we can um, I'll, I'll put a timer on us just because I hear everybody's eyes rolling okay. already. Like oh my god, we're going through twelve steps here. Uh, but so let's. It'll be brief. It'll be brief uh, because a, a few of them will say, oh yeah, yeah, it totally. I, I agree or I disagree all. or whatever. Um, what? Huh? <laughs> it There's won't be no voice whispering in there. What? Huh? I think he's talking to you. So, so very long. What? <laughs> Go ahead. You were talking. Very subliminal. 45 um, minutes. What? All right. Point number one. Uh, <laughs> Mick, Mick says, uh, don't change or revamp the theme song. Um, and this is one I kind of agree with, kind of, sort of. Yeah, I'll, I'll put you at rest here. This one... Is a kind of for me too. It's a yes and a no. It's not a kinda. It's a yes no. It's it's a utilize Be- the real theme song. Point one. They, they every single one has thus far somehow managed to utilize the real one, and that that holds. We're f- I'm th- great. Yeah. But at the same time, 
I think you kind of got to revisit it every single time. Each movie is part of its own era. I think just for the sake of whenever something was made, it's interesting to see what somebody tries to do their take on yeah, it. A little of, you know snapshot I mean? of the popular music of the time, essentially. Um, yeah, because so, he cites like, look, Run DMC failed, Fallout Boy failed. If they can't do it, nobody can. Um, but but my argument is they didn't fail because the original was still there. It was they still just there. Took a shot. And, and just took a shot. I don't, I mean, and, I, I consider, I mean, yes, Run DMC is like their, that's their spin on the Ghostbusters theme, Fall Out Boy, that's their spin on the, the Ghostbusters theme. But there's other good singles in there that are kind of the thematic elements of the movie. Like Ghostbusters 2, On Our Own, that's the theme of that movie. I mean, even though Run DMC plays during the montage, um, I, I look to that Bobby Brown, and that's successful. Look at all of the articles that say Ghostbusters 2 sucked, but Bobby Brown's song is awesome. Yeah, and he and um, yeah. he also forgets like Mark Ronson's uh, take on the, Ghostbusters. The Get Ghost, uh, Get Ghost, yeah. which was to be frankly out of everything in the list that like the the you know DMC and and uh, uh, Follow Boy yeah. and all that, which didn't quite land or did depending. I mean, it, it's it's subjective is what it comes down to. Yeah. If Ghostbusters hit wide. And he considers these failures, whereas I think the better way to put them is it's kind of subjective. You might not like them or you may like them. Get Ghost lands really well. And it is very much of, you know, Mark Ronson is definitely, you know, producer, DJ of the times. He he, he took the original. He reworked it in his own own, own way. And yeah, great. Perfect. Yeah. Like, uh, they can so, coexist. I mean, it can be... Every James Bond film has that uh, iconic, uh, you know, da 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 da. You always have the same theme song throughout, but uh, you also can put a spin on the title track or whatever. Well, actually, the um, Bond one, another Sony title. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, hit exactly right. It they always they always reference you know the original or go or not even the original. They go back to all the five or six. Bond sounds that are now associated with it. Yeah. I'll touch on them. But but what's the first controversy for every new Bond movie is what's the Bond song? You right. Know, somebody, right. Somebody's taking a shot at it and they some people love them, some people hate them. Uh, ultimately, most of them grow on people over time, but that's just kind of how it goes, right? Like, yeah. That's, that's know, pack just, it away and relax. It's, so, pop, it's pop music. It's uh, There's always a strong reaction to whoever it is. Uh, who's, who's the musical guest on SNL this week? I love them. Oh, I hate them. That same sort yeah. of whatever. And, but, the, and here's the thing, too. Like, any argument I make now, somebody might worry then that why can't it be the original so they'll always want something they'll always you know bobby brown plus run dmc they'll always they'll try something that tries to follow in the original theme and something that's from the movie but and in in the case ghostbusters 2 bobby brown landed better on the charts yeah twice frankly uh than run dmc did right uh the 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 Ghost with the uh, ATC soundtrack, same deal. Like the Mark Ronson one, I don't think it got any radio play. Follow Boy, not really, but a couple of the tracks on there did pretty good. Uh, what's his name there? Um, G-Easy. Yeah, G-Easy's he, track, the Zane track. Um, the Zane track and uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, L good King. Girls. Yeah, L King. L King. Yeah, there were, there were a few singles on there that got some, some radio and are still getting some radio play, actually. Yeah. Um, but So mu- musically... Uh, you know, the corporation will always go, we got to, we want to try and land some hits and they'll try something that is thematic and they'll try something that's, you know, just pop off the pop track. Yeah. And, um, 
Yeah. And so, it, so it'll happen every time. And, yeah. and and I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think not doing it is a mistake. And the thing is, is as we found, every time Ghostbuster comes back up, Ray P- Parker Jr. ends up here, there, and everywhere anyways, yeah. right? He's invited onto stuff. <laughs> he ends up playing it all over the place. He'll be fine. So why not for the sake of promoting a movie, you know, letting whatever – I mean – it's just simple promotion. <laughs> like yeah. they put Zane on that album because how many fans does he have yeah, of a particular 30, demographic? Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. so and 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 I think it goes. I mean, look at every video game. Everything they've always done includes the theme song now too. So I, I mean, it's yes, we agree with that one. I think that's that's pretty much a no brainer. Brainer. The original theme will some way somehow be included in anything that happens. Um, but I disagree with not bothering to try. A new take. Uh, yeah, that's what I yeah. just you got it. You have to move forward, otherwise it becomes well. And and this will come up again later in, in something that he mentions. I have a feeling one of one of his other points. I'm looking at point number five. Um, okay. okay, so uh, point number two. Uh, do not make this film without Rick Moranis. Um, he he states <laughs> that he thinks Lewis Tully was the best part of Ghostbusters one and two. Um, and if you exclude. Uh, Lewis Tully, it's it's a mistake. Um, and while I I agree with him that it would be a mistake, that I would love to see Rick Moranis uh, reprise his role. Um, yeah. I, I don't necessarily know that that's a make or break. Knowing that Rick doesn't really want to work that much anymore, knowing that he he's kind of hesitant to be uh, involved in any, anything. Um, yeah. So if if it doesn't happen. <laughs> I think I the know. chances in the last six months have risen from not at all to maybe one or two percent. But yeah, at the end of the day, if Rick doesn't want to do it, he's not going to do it. And if Rick doesn't want to do it, even if you had a way to make him, why would you want yeah. him there? I I don't know. No, now, it's... The one thing that I would argue, don't make this film without Rick Moranis. Uh, he's, he's positing this as don't make this film without Rick Moranis in front of the camera reprising his role. I would actually say don't make this film without Rick Moranis's input because look at how much input he had on the original film. And we've heard him tell stories about, yeah, I wrote all of Lewis's backstory. I wrote all of those lines when he's in the party talking about the Nova Scotia salmon. Um, I had so much creative input on that first movie that it was a lot of fun that Ivan just let me play. And we came up with really fun things and that I didn't really like the experience on the second movie because I didn't have that same freedom. I just showed up and I read the lines and I got paid and I left, you know? And given that we're happy birthday, birthday to Harold, uh, we're down a creative mind. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good idea. I like the idea. Uh, so Reitman and, and, uh, Aykroyd, We'll have notes and input because that's just how they wrote the deal uh, yeah. when Ghost Corps was formed and all that. Um, but, you know, movies have script doctors all the time. I think there's no harm in saying, Rick, give us some notes and they'll take it or leave it. But at least Rick was there to put his spin on it and his style on it and put some good lines in there. Yeah. No, that's yeah, a good have, one. I hadn't thought about that. A comedy I, punch. Yeah. I mean, so I this is one where I agree with him but not in the way that he intended to. <laughs> um, so I think it'd be way easier to convince Rick to, to do, uh, yeah, to yeah, help with some punch up than read, read the draft else. and give us a comedy punch M- much in the way that Carrie Fisher used to, uh, people like Rob Reiner would send every script for every movie they ever made to somebody like Carrie Fisher, who would say, yeah. this line is stupid. Nobody would ever say that, you know, just to get that feedback before you film it and you're married to it. Um, so plus, after the last film where we know that there was a couple of creative 
forces that weren't entirely meshed. Yeah. It's not necessarily a bad thing to have group A, we'll say primary, as in director and writer that's going to make the movie, uh, interfacing with group B, which will be Ghost Corps, uh, you know, Reitman and Aykroyd and all that. And instead of ending up two years down the line where Aykroyd's like, if they just listened to uh, pick a third party. Especially a third party like Rick, who I, has no horse in this in the way any of the first two groups has, and if he comes back and says the same thing that Group A or B says, then Group you know the opposite number can go. Oh, I guess you were right. All right, let's let's do it that way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that that third party to that to help you. Not that you tell Rick. Rick tie break for us. But you know if Rick's no. notes comes back and they they reflect one side or the other's notes on something, then great. Then yeah. then they they have a. I think that's a good way to go about it. Yeah, and and you know that it, it's a good litmus test, and yeah, I mean, that, look, the the best movies come out of that collaboration where you have some. You don't have a bunch of yes men saying, uh, yeah, oh, wonderful, George Lucas, great idea. We we want yeah. you to do that, as opposed to Gary Kurtz for the original Star Wars movies saying, you know, no, George, don't do that, or his wife Marcia saying, no, we're cutting that. That was stupid. Don't put that. It in just the movie. it just makes things smoother during yeah. production as well. Like we talked about. Um, Bernstein, uh, his thoughts on some of the decisions made right. on music, yeah, uh, and and goes both ways. Some things he he was like, nope, that could have been better, and others he's like, nope, you're absolutely right. And I'm getting the same thing. I'm reading the um, Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein book. Oh yeah, um, oh I want to read ages that ages ago, and I yeah. finally got around to it. And again, filled with um, you know, uh, both sides, uh, Brooks and um, Wilder arguing for something like Wilder fought hard for that putting on the Ritz scene. And yeah. Brooks is like, this is the worst thing ever. It's the thing everybody remembers most about right. the movie, yeah. right? Like, so you need that. I mean, that's, that's where the most creative stuff comes from. So, um, yeah. So if you can, if you have two powerful forces, a, the group that is, their name is on it, their, the, their reputation is on it. And then the group that created it, which is another very, you know, creatively political, powerful group when it comes to, you know, collaborative efforts like this, uh, in so much of that it's a collaborative effort. Yeah. Having that there, that's Rick, tiebreaker yeah. Rick. Yeah, exactly. Good creative mind. So, uh, yeah, so that's a uh, point, point to, okay, sure. Cinema blend. We'll give you that. But again, not for the reason you said, um, so <laughs> I like that he says, plus if the rest of the cast won't be enough draw audiences theater for this, a rare performance by Moranis might. That is a good point. I just, like I said, I think the chances are uh, slim. Slim, Any- slim to none. And, and Moranis is not the household name that he once was too. Let's be honest. But, um, yeah, he'd, he'd attract us nerds, but yeah, he's not going to bring yeah, in yeah. the wide audiences. Which As I, we've learned, those audiences have to be pretty wide these days. So. Oh yeah. And, and again, I think that's where this narrow mindedness comes up again, 0.5 looking exactly at that one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, point number three here, he says, uh, do not turn former stars into ghosts. Now, immediately I saw that, that bullet point And I thought, well, we keep talking about Bill Murray returning as Peter Venkman as a ghost. I think this is what he's going to talk about. No, he actually brings up another point. Do not do a CGI uh, Harold Ramis. Don't have Ghost Egon come out and uh, say goodbye to all of his friends um, because that that could negatively impact the film. Um, and I actually I agree with that one too. I, I yep. don't think I want to see a CG Harold Ramis. I, I I don't think I want to see them recast Egon Spangler either. Uh, I think a, a, a quick nod, uh, much like they did in. 
I think it was Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, don't flog me, but it was a wonderful way just to acknowledge the people that had passed away where, um, you know, Marcus Brody has a, a statue outside with a, a an epitaph or something on it. You know, that, that there is, there's a reason that they're absent and we kind of nod to the people who are wondering where that person is and then we, we continue on. Um, yeah, I'm of a slightly different mind. Um I find it very jarring when when things pick up again and someone's missing. Yeah. I mean, it works so, sometimes it works fine and sometimes it it doesn't, but it is jarring. There's no way around it. And I do not think at this point and you know I've talked about this. We've uh you know I've bandied around a number of ideas about a possible third and what to do with uh Harold and all that. I I don't think you can have a sustained Harold Ramis CGI effort, but I think there's a lot of room for a, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember back how we talked about it exactly, but the I long think, and the short uh, of it was. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember we talked about that his voice, you could hear like his disembodied voice because there's a lot of good Maurice LaMarche, uh, Harold Ramis impersonators out yeah, there that could, could send a message voice, back or something. Um, yeah. A little bit of stand-in, like um, you know, one of his his boys or something like that, uh, with a little bit of the you know flashback. That's what you said. You wanted to do a flashback with flashback uh, his his son, yeah, yeah, or or but basically make it so that he has an appearance, but it's brief in whatever the the major problem is. Oh, that's what it was. I think we were talking about how to the ways to synthesize. A third. This will come up in one of the points later. Yeah, (laughs) synthesize. I actually think this taps into it couple later on but anyways uh synthesizes the the last movie and the third movie to try to you know bring cohesion and chaos and move things forward uh with the full understanding that i don't think the answer to the call will uh i don't think the cast or anything like that will necessarily keep moving forward but at least the universes can kind of be streamlined together sort of thing but uh yeah the whole point was is that oh cataclysm and egon has the answer but you know it's one of those what's a good Hollywood example of the hero has to stay behind. To... Mm, I mean, there's, there's a lot of those, uh, you know, but let's just submit. Yeah. Let's, let's just it, say it, if it, there's it, dimensional trouble and uh, there's a machine that'll allow group to say, move around. Uh, I mean, <laughs> God damn it. This taps into, uh, crossing over. Too, I was going to say you're, you're immediately, you're bringing up the conversation we're going to have, and I don't want to get into it because of spoilers, but exactly yeah. how crossing over number eight ends. But, but uh, yeah, but say there was trouble with multiple, multiple, uh, universes and there was somebody was smart enough to build a machine to send, the, you know, people out to deal with it, but somebody has to stay at the controls. Um, yeah, that's a good way to have somebody there briefly and have somebody heroically, then go away. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, th- th- I don't bring that up as a must. I bring that up as a, I don't think you should, I don't like the, well, it's too bad Egon's not here. Like I, I, I do not like no, that. No, I mean, he'll be, he'll be <clears throat> some sort of a presence. He'll be, th- there will be an explanation as to why he's gone. Sure. Um, I, I want something better than a, I'm trying to think of movie examples now. I want something better than the, uh, uh God, like, uh, Oh, uh, I guess the only thing that immediately comes to mind, this is a bad one. There's probably better ones. It'll come to me after we stop recording and then I'll hate myself. And then I'll call you up and say, wake up, record me again. Yeah. Um, 
but the diehards later on when they just have to mention in passing why the wife's not there anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Oh yeah, she. Uh, we finally split up again, and she went back to her you know east. Bye. Um, yeah, yeah Mar- Marvel <laughs> has done that with Natalie Portman's absence from the Thor it, stories, yes, where it's like, exactly. well, she's doing research, and I'm I'm feel happy for her. Well, or right, Anthony, sure. uh, what's his name from uh, Revenge of the Nerds, and. Uh, Oh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Was it Revenge of the Nerds 2 or 3 where he literally calls? There's a split screen phone call. Good luck, guys. I'm sure you'll be great and have a good school year. Bye. And he's gone. Uh, it's going to be more than that, too. But at the same time, when we were talking about it before, it cannot be a Grand Moff Tarkin. Like, he, he yeah, cannot carry yeah. a large chunk. It has to be a there in the background has a conversation a couple of short mid shots and then maybe one heroic close up and then you know whatever yeah and then he's gone so that's that's my take on it. Uh, yeah and i what i, I what oh, i sorry, didn't like what i didn't like is uh, uh cgi has come a long way but even then there's a risk in flubbing it up and the outcry from fans and ramus's family could negatively impact the flick and i take i take Big exception to every single time some fanboy has, like, on behalf of the Ramus family, oh, flown, yeah. a, flown a flag of what they would and would not like and what Harold would and would not like. It's like, butt out. By yeah. the way, also go read uh, Violet's book because, you know what? I, I'm pretty sure they'd be fine with the attempt, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, exa- it's, exactly. It's uh, speaking out of uh, school there a little bit, but. Um, that's, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, Foul play. Foul That's just play. Tacky. Come tacky. on, Nick. Um, all right. Well, so here's the next one. I feel like we've already kind of touched on our response to it, but uh, this is uh, number four, uh, and it's troll bait. Don't reference the failed reboot. Uh, of course, he talks about there was a lot of controversy. It's been established that the cameos of all of the original cast is not canon to the original movies. Just let it die. Don't reference it. It's it's gone. Leave it dead and buried. Um, and and Chris, you early you you mentioned <coughs> earlier. Yeah, you don't think uh, maybe aside from a brief mention or look, there's a parallel universe in this window or something. Uh, you know, I I think that's it's probably a safe assumption that we won't see or hear or, or that 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 universe will not be seen from again. Probably sadly. not. But again, uh, so I don't a hundred percent agree that I don't I don't agree with the sentiment of let it die. Uh, yeah, because and this is very important. There's a lot of different elements of Ghostbusters out there. There's the comics. Not everybody likes the comics. There's uh, real Ghostbusters. Not everybody likes real Ghostbusters. Not everybody likes extreme Ghostbusters. You know what I mean? There are even people that I like Ghostbusters 2 more than Ghostbusters 1. We know for a fact there are not an inconsiderable number of people that saw Answer the Call and responded to it strongly. And I, again, I just take exception at this, this, this classic guard you know, gatekeeper concept of, oh, let it die. It's like, no, they, there are people that like it. I don't, I don't say, shoot, I, I did make the example of maybe you could, you know, fuse the two universes together. That's just kind of mine. I'd be okay with that one way or another. I'm also fine if they just go ahead with a pure uh, one and two to three timeline thing as well. Uh, my point being though, just, don't reference it then. Just leave yeah. that door there so that in another 20 years or another 10 years or whatever, when circumstances change or whatever, there's a there's an avenue to 
to visit that one again, right? Sure. Like, or, or Ghostbusters 4, Holtzman can walk through a portal door and you haven't completely sealed up that uh, opportunity. Uh, I am so glad you brought this up because I almost forgot. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. I, that's that's just what I was saying. I mean, if it, you, you don't want to... You don't want to discount anything that you could end up utilizing in the future, which is, again, yeah. point number five. We're getting... <laughs> We're, we're, we're rounding the corner to talk about point number five, which I think is going to be the long one <laughs> we, here. But we, we, and this has come up. This is the one thing that uh, the comics have revealed. And it was only recently that I kind of thought about it and kind of realized it's like, you know, you and I have talked before, like the percentage chance that Kristen Wiig would come back and stuff like that. It's, it's, I mean, it's just pie in the sky speculative stuff it's kind of fun to do you know who would win in a fight superman versus thor or whatever yeah. but yeah um a whole um uh now i'm stuck with their character names oh, kate mckinnon kate yeah. McKinnon, searching for kate much. yeah thank you uh, I, I think she'd be uh um easier to bring back and here's and here's the point this that you brought up and i had the same thought and i was i even wrote it down and then I brought my phone instead of paper, so I don't have the write down. I've had a lot of chocolate. I did mention that, right? <laughs> All right, good. Um, yeah, with Harold gone, and this does come up, they're missing a smart guy. They're yeah. missing an equipment jockey. You need and the brain. Gonna, yeah. So let's let's move forward and get to that discussion because I I think I think you and I are on the same page with uh, this and we didn't we didn't even compare notes it's very no, good yeah exactly I, I and there's just there's a little part of me too that would just be so tickled by the back to the future or god help me the super mario brothers the movie uh, ending of one of these where <laughs> it looks like the world has been saved yay everything is great we're all going to sit down and relax and all of a sudden this portal opens up and uh post apocalyptic holtzman walks through and she's like guys I need your help. And then that's the end of the movie. I'm like, Oh God, what just happened? Um, but, uh, so yeah. So at any rate, I I think they're, they don't want to totally discount the reboot. And I think that you don't want to just say that it's dead. So, uh, yes. Uh, all right. So let's get right along. Point number five, point number five. I have mentioned you many times because I'm looking straight at you. Point number five. I have a bone to pick with you. Point number five. I get the impression out of all of them, this is the one you disagree Uh, with the strongest, and I'm right there with you. Yeah, I mean, this is the one where you you talk about this being an armchair uh, quarterback uh, written article where I read this and I go, well, you don't, you've lost all credibility with me here, Mick. I'm sorry, but you don't understand how this works. So point number five. Do not set up Ghostbusters 4. And I'm going to read this verbatim. The main cast of Ghostbusters are all in their late 60s or early 70s, so Ghostbusters 3 should be the final chapter. One final to tie up loose ends and show how everything ended up for the remaining members of the team is plenty. If the film series isn't meant to carry on under new faces, wait, what? At least let the classic heroes everyone knows and loves ride into the sunset. Huh? What? (laughs) I'm trying to, I've been trying to decide if that second paragraph is him allowing that if it, no, See, every time it, no. I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't mean if there's a way to carry on with new faces. I mean, um, I mean, and, and there are, it's, what's curious about this is, and, and I wanted to double check before I made this yeah. uh, statement, he doesn't bring up the fact that there will be new fresh faces there. will I mean, he talks about Vankman and he talks about not doing CG, uh, Harold Ramis and, so 
it's almost as if this was written from the point of view of like, well, we're not going to have new Ghostbusters in this. It's it's going to be Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, and yeah. and, and Bill Murray reprising their roles, and and they're going to ride into the sunset. Like this is their last hurrah. And that's yeah, that's it, very <laughs> short sighted. That for an evergreen property like Ghostbusters, that Sony has been grooming and set up a production company called Ghost Core, Ghost and they've Core, invested and, all yeah. this money into it's one. It's their bread and butter. It's the one intellectual property that they have that they they want this to be their franchise. Yeah. You forget. Some people have forgotten that they've structured this so that. <laughs> they're going ahead hell or high water with whatever they think is the best shot. Like, yeah. like Reitman and Aykroyd and Murray and all that have been taking, taken off the decision-making uh, round table, so to speak. I mean, they're in the mix, but the, uh, the go, no go power shift has moved heavily towards yeah. Sony and they're not going to stop at a third movie at all. Uh, and not only that, this is like, See, I hate this because they. This is people who go, oh, and then there's no more stories to tell, and it kind of cuts short the brilliance of the idea. And this happens. People respond to this sometimes with a lot of different things, right? Like, oh, well, there's no, there's no more adventures to go on. It's like, no, like that. You think so little of their property that you think it's over. Like it, it was like, well, that was a good three stories george and that's an amazing universe you came up with like all the aliens and all that and the references to the stuff that happened in the past brilliant no 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 we're not going to go check any of that out in three prequels and a bunch of animated uh cartoons (laughs) and then use that as a stepping stone to go into three more after and so far two plus a boba fett pre Uh. mid prequels like it's it's like they ended the move like they We've talked about this before. They've built it into the movie, the franchise rights alone. And they've yeah. set themselves Ghostbusters around the world. There's a big old world and a lot of weird things that go bump in the night stories to tap into that Ghostbusters and, – and this is the thing that is being forgotten. In the absence of Ghostbusters, people who loved Ghostbusters made their own Ghostbusters. They yeah. went and they made a Buffy. They went and they made Supernatural. They went – you know what I mean? Like X-Files, you name it. Uh, there's a lot of these shows that – that that borrow from the idea of a bunch of normal people going toe to toe with the supernatural, and we loved all of those. Yeah. So this idea yeah. that we can't, uh, this one drives me nuts. It, it, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of infuriating. It's I mean, and and again, it's uh, it's probably easy. This is a, a writer who's probably got a quota to fill and is trying to get this article done so they get their page count done. And what I get it, but at the same time, it's like if if you are pointing to this as the end all be all of the entire Ghostbusters franchise. Um, why do you care about the mistakes to, to avoid here? Why? I mean, any, anything and everything, uh, that you've now mentioned, you don't care about the success. Really? You just want to see, you want to see the third and final chapter to say goodbye to all of these people. And I don't know. It's that's strange. At that point, you might as well, go watch the deleted scenes from the end of Ghostbusters 2 and then tuck yourself into bed and go, Harold's still, Egon's still alive, Harold's still alive, and they all got the key to the city finally. Yeah, they're all uh, heroes. The, the end. end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, come I mean, on. And, and again, it's, it's, uh, it's easy to forget, too, that this is a business. This, again, going back to Sony wanting yeah. this to be the intellectual property that they can continue to exploit for the next generation, the next generation, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, they, they want to set up, 
they want to set up Ghostbusters International. You, they want to have, uh, here's the Ghostbusters Scotland movie. Here's the Ghostbusters uh, Antarctica movie. Here's yeah. yeah, all of these different things. Like that's, that's what they want. They want the cartoons. They want the comic books. They want all of these tie-ins to have stories and, and things yeah. to continue to tell how much the original cast is involved, how much the original characters are involved. Well, look at IDW's comics, which we're about to talk about here. Um, you, you can continue to have them involved as much as you want uh, in other avenues that are non live action films. Uh, so I don't know. I just, yeah. I feel like go to your local library, find the horror section, count the number of books there, then realize that, uh, that maybe constitutes a small fraction of all the horror books that have ever been written in the world and will be written. And then imagine that you can slot Ghostbusters into the middle of it. Like there's no end of spooky tales that you could put the Ghostbusters in. You expand out into the world. Ah, we're talking millions and millions and millions of books. Now imagine that you insert the Ghostbusters into them. That's how many stories we could potentially have. So this whole thing of shut it down at three, it's like, well, aren't you special? <laughs> yeah. I, 80s kid, 90s kid, right? Like, well, it's yeah. over and done now for me and it's perfect. It's like, A, it'll never be perfect. You'll never be happy with whatever they put out. And B, let the kids after you have something to eat, right? Like just, uh, Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, this is the one that I'm sure everybody else out there probably has a pretty strong opinion about it, too. Uh, this is where I want you guys to weigh in. Call our voicemail. Let us know how you're feeling about I mean, do you want to see this franchise continue? I, I'm pretty sure that the the answer we will hear from a lot of people will be a resounding yes. But, yeah. um, you know, call, call in. Let us know. I mean, do you I mean, especially when it comes in with the original cast in mind. Um, you know, do you want to see them in future movies? Do you want to see them in one movie and then they hand things off to the new team? How, how do you want to see that handled? We want to hear from you guys on that one. So, um, all right, let's, let's quickly just touch through the other ones. Cause I, f- I feel like these will be a little bit easier to, to breeze through, but sure. Um, he, he starts doubling up at this point too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> point, point number six, do not try to deviate from the original aesthetic of the films. Um, oh, you skipped one. Did I? No, five, don't set up Ghostbusters 4. Don't reference the failed reboot. Don't try don't. to deviate the original aesthetic. What did I miss? Uh, I think we skipped don't reference the failed reboot, didn't we? Uh, yeah, we talked, we talked about it. Because yeah. this whole thing was, uh, no, made, no. Yeah, the failed played. reboot, we, we talked don't about. Don't set up Ghostbusters. Nope, you're right. Yeah. I, I, oh, I scrolled the wrong way. Ignore ah, me. Ignore me. Of, I'm full of chocolate. I've mentioned that, right? <laughs> yeah. You're right. Uh, don't deviate from the original aesthetic. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he, he's saying that the silliness of the franchise, the signature style, the cartoonish look of the, the puppetry and the things that were done for the first two movies. Um, you know, he, he's saying use the modern effects to their, the best of their abilities, but try to keep that aesthetic of the ghosts and everything in mind. And I, I agree there. I, I agree that that is what feels like Ghostbusters. When you watch, uh, again, going back to Star Wars, when you watch with real creatures and puppets and latex and foam and things like that that they're using to make it a tangible creature, it has a very different feel to it uh, than, you know, looking at something that's fully CG. Um, It's not cost effective, and I know that uh, Mr. Dan Aykroyd and his Dan Rather uh, interview did talk about the budget being an issue and um, so uh, the good news is that the CG animation and the, and the rendering and the lighting and the shading and all the things that they can do, 
um, they have the ability to make these these look really really good and continue to keep in that same aesthetic vein um, if they don't have the money to actually create uh, all of the the characters and, and things like that and, and yeah. in optical effects um, but uh, yeah I, I agree I mean I, I would piggyback on this and say don't change the equipment. Like uh, from what we learned with the answer the call was I, I dug the new packs. I dug the new traps and the PKE meters and all that kind of stuff. But I kind of missed the, the original packs and I missed the, the traps, the way that the traps looked and things like that. Again, that's yeah. my personal preference. It's subjective. Um, but uh, yeah. uh, how do you feel about this one? No, I'm fine. I, I think there's a couple of things like um... – <sighs> This one's a tough one because it's based on the fact that I love the original and everything it had with it. It's just that I don't honestly think – I think there's some things – you can't carry it forward, right? Like it's it's like every time you hand it off to somebody else – like for – okay. Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2. Look at Slimer. Five years, that's all it was, handed over to like a new production – team cycle yeah, and to ilm the best and best in the business best yeah. in the business and slimer changed quite a bit compared to the first one right like so i think people are kind of getting you know this is you know rose tinted lenses here that they think the originals were forgetting that every time it got handed off to somebody else it changed it, it'd be like getting mad at dan shoning for like not drawing it like real Ghostbusters right <laughs> yeah. out the gate. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, the you know when they went to real Ghostbusters, it was cartoon, so they had free reign. They just went nuts. When it came time to do extreme Ghostbusters, uh, you know, Phil, um, uh, the last names aren't helping uh, me now. Barlow, but Barlow, Barlow, Philip yeah. Barlow, who was the you know monster designer and all that, helped set that design. And that Slimer's great, by the way. All the Slimers are great, and that Slimer was, you know, way to, again, leading into crossing over. We get to see these things side by yeah. side, right? The point is, is when you hand it off to another group, it's just the way it is. It's a new set of brains, new set of aesthetics, and they will start with the original, but it will deviate. I don't yeah. think they'll necessarily try. I think uh, the only thing you can say in answer to the call was there's a couple of places where they decided – I would argue that it made sense in making answer to the call to deviate on the traps and the packs because frankly, it would have been a little weird that yeah, this entirely why, different yeah, group would somehow the same design. Yeah. Right. Um, and same goes for the car. I know people are subjectively pro con about the car depending, but it's 30 years later. You know what I mean? Again, it would be, it made more sense that they found an old, you know, whatever it was in 82, three beater or whatever yeah then then somehow managed to find themselves a 59 and turned it you know it's just no that doesn't make <laughs> and and frankly at the end of the day theirs made sense too they got it off of a relative who had a they got themselves a hearse right yeah, like they got the uh, it, working <laughs> hearse yeah and converted it so yeah. Yeah, I think if they did a third, there's I, I'm not even sure why he brought this one up. If they did a third, it's absolutely gonna a return to the uh, the originals, uh, but b you can't help it; it's gonna change a bit. New yeah. prop guys are gonna make those packs, and 
they're going to come out kind of like the originals and kind of, you know, there'll be a little, let's put it this way. There'll be bits and bobs that prop guys will, you know, fans will be arguing about for years to come there. There's no way in hell, like it's too well documented and they will start there and go great. And then we're going to do a little bit of this and a little bit on that. And there we go. Ta-da. It won't be the video game. And again, those video game packs. Awesome. Um, but it's not going to be 100%. I mean, as it is, the prop fans argue about the differences in the packs between the two movies, right? right. Like, it's just, yeah. ah. uh, So there will be There will be changes. I, that, that's inevitable. There will be that's changes. That's inevitable. Little ones. move things forward. For the equipment, uh, little ones. Yeah. For the car, I think, uh, uh, given that the commercial we just saw, I think Mr. Bishop's car... It's a given. They'll just go back to Mr. Bishop's car. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. no, they can, as they'll you pointed Sean's out. Sean's car for the film, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can, do, they can do more with his car than they could with the ones they originally had for the first yeah. two movies, right? Um, and then lead, unless they invest in one of those. <laughs> do you ever see the, the little uh, full-sized cart? It's basically just, just tube, steel tubing as a chassis. Uh, with camera and then uh, reference points and the CGI guys go in and draw the car around <laughs> it. The stunt completely car. Completely render the completely car. Completely. Re- yeah. uh, amazing stuff. But anyways, <laughs> um, depending on how much they want to move forward to or how much, you know what I mean? Like if, if we assume they're going to set up beyond, and I think that's a good bet, they may have to go beyond just the 59. Like if there's one thing that may get retired, it'll be the, the, the old caddy. And yeah. I, I, and again, I think fans have demonstrated that the use of the magnums or something like that look great, look real good. Well, and and how how heroic of a moment if yeah if they are using something like a a magnum or a whatever a, a wagon uh, yeah. a, an easily accessible wagon and then all of a sudden Ray's got to come out into the field and he fires up the fifty nine and he's behind the drivers and that that thrill that you'll get going oh my god he's bringing out the original car like if it gets yeah. that moment. I feel or like two, it would be yeah, yeah, exactly. Or both teams have to go at it once, so both cars rush neck and neck to the thing. Let's just bah. Yeah, it's going to be treated with. Re- I mean, I'm, whatever it's, is going to be like, done, it'll be treated with reverence yeah. and respect. Sony, yeah. here's how you fund Ghostbusters three. You short, you shoot a ten minute short. Oh, do it quick. Put it out in front of the new Men in Black, and all it is is a Magnum caddy or a Magnum Ecto, and the old fifty nine. Uh, you know, Mr. Bishop's one. I don't even care what the setup is, but it's just ten minutes of those things screeching around corners <laughs> and driving yeah. i'm not even sure i'll stick around for men in black probably will but frankly yeah, you got my see. 14 bucks just to see those and then that money goes towards ghostbusters 3 perfect yeah. problem solved um, i think what i dislike most about this was the don't try it's like sit your ass down right yeah. um, i don't i i will allow that perhaps he's made a prop I doubt it, but I know he's never done a special effect. I know he's never, you know, built a car. I know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, this is the bit where you need to sit down and you need to let the makers do their thing because they've been doing it and you just have a wish list. And it's really disrespectful to say, try not to deviate. <laughs> it's like, that just assumes everybody comes in and goes, I'm going to screw this up. No, this is people coming in and go, I love that. And I'm going to take a stab at it. That's all it is. I love it and I'm happy to have my shot at bringing a little bit extra to it or trying to bring it new life or you know what I mean? At yeah. the end of the day, they're just like you, the uh, fun guy. They they have some they love it too and they they just the difference is they have a shot at touching it 
and you're sitting there going, try not to deviate. It's like, uh. yeah, it would elevate it. I would say elevate whatever you're doing. Elevate the designs. Elevate the aesthetic that happened in the original two movies, and then and go from there. Uh, don't yeah. try to completely redraw it from scratch, but take what existed previously and just, yeah, when the know, st- kick, kick it up a notch. When the cells stop moving, it means the body's dead, right? So things got to keep wiggling and keep yeah. changing and growing. So just let it go. Let um, it, yeah. Um, let so it go. Let's uh, let let's it go. We've got a couple more here. So uh, you have a daughter. S- you're going to hear this song a lot. No, no. Let it go. No. no oh, she will. Not. No. Oh, she will. God, I hope not. <laughs> no daughter of mine will. No, just kidding. Um, all right. She so totally uh, point will. number seven. Explain the Ghostbusters' absence. Now we did kind of touch about uh, uh, upon this a little bit earlier, but. Um, he mentions that Ghostbusters 2 found a wonderful way to bridge the gap from the first to the second film by doing that five years later. New York City forgot that they were heroes. They went out of business, so on and so forth. Um, so he's saying you have to explain uh, why the Ghostbusters have been gone for all of these years and why these you know 60-year-old guys are coming out of retirement. Um, <laughs> I think that kind of goes without saying. So. I was about to say, this one is the... Uh... <laughs> This is the, all right, here's how you win at the stock market. You buy low and you sell high. Thanks a lot. Uh, We'll take you from here. Yeah. You go stand over there. It's like, you need to explain their absence. Really? So we just shouldn't pick up as if they've been working for the last 25 years. Right? Good call. Good call, uh, Nick. Um, so yeah, so that one, I, I agree because it's Toss it out. I don't even want to talk about it. Go, yeah. go. Uh, his next two are too much or too little Venkman. Um, <laughs> pick one. Yeah. And I mean, I, I get what he's going for. He doesn't want it to be completely solely focused on Peter Venkman, but at the same time, he doesn't want, uh, Bill Murray to shoot one day's worth of footage and they, you know, spread yep. it thin or, or, or again, going back to your revenge of the nerds, uh, uh, reference. Um, you, you don't want Bill Murray calling in from a remote segment and saying like, good luck guys. Bye. Uh, I, I get what he's saying. And it's, that's- a, it's here. I think you can kill two birds with one stone. First two movies, first movie, it just kind of organically grew that, uh, you know, in the editing, Egon and Janine went away, they were working on it and it kind of got downplayed. And Peter and Dana got upplayed. And then when yeah. it came time to do sequelitis, they suffered f- from sequelitis and it was Peter and Dana. Right. This time round, I I don't think you could really revisit that well successfully a third time. And I don't know that would Bill would want to. So if you can have a focus, like the A story going on, focusing on something like, and you'd almost have to, especially if you're bringing in new people like to go beyond this, the A story is probably going to rest with them. Well, great. It means Venkman gets to be there, but Venkman's role is not what it was in the first two. And I think, uh, Murray would like that way better anyways. So, and, and and it would appeal to him totally. You know, the first movie is a small business, uh, startup, uh, story. The second movie is a romantic comedy with, with him and Sigourney Weaver. And everybody always mentions Bill was so good in that second movie. Look at the chemistry he had with Sigourney Weaver. Um, you know, what, what is he, I think the better question is what is he doing? What are you giving Bill Murray to, to really play with and, and chew up the scenery with. And, and I think yeah. that's, that's key to his argument here. Not too much or too little, but you know, give him something fun to do. Give him something that Bill Murray's going to relish doing and you're going to see yeah. it. Uh, look, and- look at the, look at the, I mean, he's had star turns lately, like St. Vincent co-star turn. 
Yeah. Uh, and that, that's different. That's like, here's a, a script and we think you'll like it. But he's shown up for way smaller things just because it, it's like, all right, you're going to serve copy as yourself to a bunch of rappers. And he's like, I am in. Cool. Or, yeah. uh, or it's like, this movie is about four people in a zombie apocalypse, but they come upon you and you've been surviving by pretending to be a zombie. I'm in. Like, it's, yeah. it doesn't yeah. have to, he doesn't have to be front and center. He doesn't necessarily always want to be front and center. Look at Space Jam, for the love of God. Like, just, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, actually, actually, here's a thought, by the way. Uh, uh, it, it is not a tragedy, it is a triumph. Stan Lee uh, lived to a ripe old age, but now that he's gone, I think Bill Murray should just cameo in everything. In every know. movie, yeah. Just have, have the Bill just Murray obligatory Bill, cameos, But anyways. Yeah, um, um, yeah I, I, I agree. I mean, he needs something interesting, and not just to get him involved, because obviously he's not going to do the movie if he is not intrigued by it. Um, so, But also just because that's where he he's at his best. When he gets to do something that's fun and interesting, he, for lack of a better term, he gives a shit. Like he, he's into it and he, he plays the role. He gets into it and he expands upon it and he, um, he makes it fun and he makes it funny and memorable. So that's, that's the way to do it. Um, but, uh, okay, well let's, let's, let's breeze through these last couple here because I, I still want to get to crossing over. So, yep. uh, establish how the team survives post Egon. I think we already, we already hit that one. We already talked about that one. We, we have, we can kill two birds. He doesn't want one of these uh, birds killed, but we can kill that bird. Yeah, uh, yeah, with one stone by having a, a Holtzman come back. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then his last one: don't be afraid to get a little serious. Um, this is one that I think you and I have talked about quite a bit too. That, um, yeah, Ghostbusters. The the four leads were the kind of goofballs. Well, I guess the five leads were the goofballs if you include uh, uh, Rick Moranis, obviously. But everybody else is is playing it straight. Everybody else is completely sincere and uh, p- playing everything seriously. And uh, that's that's what the charm comes from. That's you. It, it elevates the comedians and it makes the world believable. And, and we've talked about yeah. that before. Um, we have talked. I get the impression from reading that the, the, he means that it's like a serious heroic ending like this is what i don't like about this article it's like what do you mean like just expand a little bit on this thing but i if i try to read between the lines it feels like a you know the they cross the streams and save the day but don't survive it's like what no yeah i that's right i forgot that he does kind of harken back to his like this is the finale to end all finale so tug tug at the heartstrings that everybody dies in the end or something like well no um i i i Again, maybe this is one where I agree with his bullet point, but maybe not necessarily his descriptor that happened under the bullet point, maybe. Or half a Um, descriptor, because this is not the first time in this whole thing. He posits an idea, but then doesn't expand on it, so we kind of have to guess what he means. It's like... Yeah, uh, but, you know, again, it's a film blogosphere. Uh, And then, uh, (laughs) last last but not least, he says, don't forget to bring back Ecto Cooler. Well, Seconded. Yeah, obviously. And thirded. Yeah. <laughs> D- duh. Um, I think, I think Coca-Cola learned their lesson from that one, uh, pretty easily, uh, in 2016. So, um, so there was, uh, what do you guys think? Hit us up on social media, uh, voicemails, the, the whole nine. What did you think about this article? Uh, do you feel that his 12 points had merit? Do you disagree? Do you agree? Uh, let, let us know what you guys think on did, those. Did our points have merit? Did our points we have like merit. to hear or not. Um, yeah, uh, and then okay. So really quickly, I'm I'm just gonna rapid fire the merch news here, just so that we we Do get it. that out to everybody. Knowing that it is the Christmas holiday season, maybe this is stuff you can expand upon in your uh, your uh, Ghostbusters Home Shopping Network. But maybe. 
Eagle Moss, for those of you who are interested in their subscription service to build a model of the Ecto-1, they are now taking uh, email addresses for people that are interested. So uh, we'll, we'll post up the link in all of our various social media chains, but uh, sign up and they will tell you when uh, you can start giving them money and start receiving things in return. Um, the uh, That tiny PKE meter that we had talked about forever ago, it seems like at this point. But yeah. uh, when you go to Barnes & Noble or the bookstore and they've got the spinner racks that have the little like props and things for your desk, tchotch- tchotchkes that are good stocking stuffers. Um, the, uh, the company behind that, they've given us our first look at the, the PK meter prop, which it looks really cool. Adorable. I want one. Um, yeah. So, so check that out. Uh, Jello made a big splash, uh, last week. Uh, they now have Acc- edible. Accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the slime craze, which had sort of kind of died down a little bit. No, um, no, it hasn't. Oh, go it hasn't. on, go on YouTube with a six year old and I'll tell you <laughs> it is not gone. Uh, but yeah, so, so Jello is, is cashing in on that by, uh, making an edible slime concoction that you, it's, you know, they're. Their trademark uh, Jello powder that you can add a few uh, things to, and you will then have edible green slime, which uh, for ghost heads out there means that you can uh, create some edible slime for your uh, your props for your your booths at the old uh, uh, conventions, things like that. Um, uh, Ghostbusters themed kids birthday party, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Middle of Beyond, the official Ghostbusters uh, social media has been uh, pushing this one out, but they have some great uh, holiday merchandise, bad sweaters and uh, scarves, things yeah. like that. Um, and they announced a sale. Hit uh, If you check our social medias, we retweeted their, uh, or just go to go- at Ghostbusters. They put it up there. There's a, a Black Friday. Black By the time Friday. you get this, it may unfortunately be yeah, over. It may but... have run through this, yeah, this Monday when you're hearing this. But I think, um, I think the yeah. Black Friday one, unfortunately, ends Saturday. However, with Christmas coming, another one will sail be right behind it, yeah. too. Um, and uh, they're, they're, they're very fun. I especially love the scarves. Uh, they're, they're pretty good looking. Um, and then, uh, so the other, uh, Profiles in History, they have three items up for bids, uh, once again, from Ghostbusters, the production. Um, two of which are from Ghostbusters 2, which is always mm-hmm. fun to see those items hit the, the auction circuit. Uh, so they've got a, a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. They're calling this a display... Shoot, I'm, I'm forgetting exactly how they phrased the terminology of it, but it was... Um, contains yeah, it, production used elements, I think, was the way that they got around it. It doesn't look like one of the actual show suits, but maybe like no, a maquette. No, it, it confused people a little bit because it's... Yeah, it's... Like the the suit that was worn, the 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 scarf was fabric, whereas this one it's molded into it. Uh, the the molds a little off. Is, yeah. Um, so it has kind of confused people, but I have no doubt it is used in production. I'm just I th- I think it might almost be more of a guide as to for the people who are building the suit. Yeah, almost I, like a I, prototype, maybe, or or, or, you know, or they, a miniature maybe it was a trade show thing, or yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's true yeah. too. Yeah, um, uh, or was made to show around or something like that. But at the end of the day, it's basically a statue. Uh, yeah, I it's, and 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 going for a pretty penny. I think it's at. Uh, I think they they estimated it at like twenty thousand uh, dollars. Something. Yeah, something I, high. I don't know, but that. But <clears throat> uh, yeah. But uh, so that's one of the three items. The other items are the Van Horn uh, Transit uh, Arch from the miniature one of the that was used for that the, the nice. slime, which is very cool. Um, and then one of the Ghostbusters two uh, pistol belts, which uh, a couple that's, of people. Yeah, that's. I think that's. 
gotten the most excitement. To be yeah, honest. it's got one. It's got the lifeguard on it, um, and the uh, the trap hook on it. Uh, I, I think it was on GB Fan. Somebody had pointed out that it was uh, mistakenly displayed at a casino or like a Planet Hollywood or something with aliens uh, props and costumes <laughs> that they weren't entirely sure what they had until it was uh, brought to their attention. So, um, so that's that's one of the coolest uh, of the three, but. Uh, the good news is uh, when these auctions come up, there's lots of great photos. So uh, for people yeah. like me, I take those photos and I'm like, thanks, that's that's all I need. I'll <laughs> never be able to afford this. We'll, uh, you know, maybe touch on this in the new year because the auction itself takes place first, second week of, sorry, second week of December, if I recall yeah, the dates so, correctly. Uh, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what, the, what the final selling amounts are for <laughs> these things too. See if anybody bought that uh, Stay Puff for twenty yeah. grand. Oh and my what, god! What comes with the certificate of authenticity? Maybe we get some more. And how many about things, uh, Mister uh, Jeffrey? <laughs> Jeff Shrek. Jeff Shrek yeah. uh, picked up. Jeff Shrek or Adam are the usual suspects. Uh, <laughs> pick those things up. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, so yes, yeah, so that's all the merch. Oh well, and uh, hey, the Crossrip store just in time for the holidays. We're starting to put a few new T-shirt designs up there. We've got a. Uh, Ackroyd adjacent uh, uh, Dr. Detroit inspired uh, t-shirt up there and then uh, we we have an Asimov uh, three three rules safe uh, three rules of robotics uh, parody uh, based upon Spangler that is, is kind of a fun t-shirt but uh, more more coming up there soon yeah somebody uh, got mad at us that we didn't have a shirt and I can't remember what it was it now. was uh, it was the is it uh, Highlander 2 uh, so <laughs> is, it as, to, is it as bad as Highlander 2? Is it as two? bad as Highlander 2? Yeah, okay, yeah. that needs to be a shirt. Uh, so yeah, that, that one's definitely coming soon to the store. Uh, keep an eye on that one. But um, all right, so here I, I, I still want to leave a little bit of time for crossing over number eight. I'm sorry, crossing over, we've neglected you. Uh, so uh, I'm going to put a little musical interlude here. This is your last warning, spoiler uh, avoiding people, because we're, we're getting into it. We're going to talk about the end of Ghostbusters crossing over the miniseries. Here we go. Ghostbusters crossing over number eight. The the series uh, comes to an end, uh, and and as Eric Burnham in his uh, prelude at the very beginning of the issue says, he had quite a bit to do in 20 pages, and he, he pulled it off. He was able to give us a, a fitting conclusion, kind of tie up all of the loose ends, and sort of set the stage for what's to come next uh, in, in 20 pages or less, um, and it worked out pretty well. Uh, going back to discussion of last week, um, you know, we had responded to, I feel like our time in crossing over has been too short. I feel like eight issues was not enough. Uh, and yeah. Michael Tanaka put us in our place like, no, 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 everybody got their own, you know, 20 uh, page one shot basically. But uh, actually he, he did. He made a very, very good point. I still think we didn't get enough. I think uh, yeah, more, it, more is always good, but I, he made a very, very strong argument for if you broke it down everybody got a real good look it's just that being broken up you know in a b c and d story every every issue yeah, uh, it, it just kind of like, felt fragmented yeah. yeah um but but i i mean i did enjoy the conclusion um i was a little i knew that there had to be some sort of deus ex machina that had to come out to quickly dispatch with tiamat some way somehow um but uh, the good the good news was that 
uh, you know, the references to Winston and the sacrifices that he had to make the last time that we ran into Tiamat, uh, there was a little exploration there, and he gets yeah, a, a very good uh, uh, a, a physical crack at her to kind of get a little bit of revenge. Let's just let's just start start there on that first yeah. page. It drops us, no lead up, no recap. I mean, there's a recap in the the whatever, but there's no yeah. previously on or. Whatever. Which is it just fine. I mean, because, it's fine. Yeah, I'm not, that, that's not a complaint. Yeah. What I mean is, it literally—it's going to be great when you get the trade paperback in particular, because it's just going to roll into this. And this yeah. page is amazing. It starts off with a half page, two two panels, half page of the the two Winstons, uh, and as you say, references to what happened to uh, Winston Prime and uh, real Ghostbusters Winston telling him, you know. Was it so bad that you can't take a crack at it? Absolutely not. <laughs> and they're the two that immediately... Like, I love that those are the first yeah. shots fired, is, is those two. And then goes to the other half page, three panels. They've recombined their group shots of three yeah. of the other... And it's amazing. So we see ATC, we see uh, SOS, and we see uh, EGB. Yeah. All three of them together, just... Posters! Posters IDW! <laughs> Well, and, and it is, I mean, it is a true testament, I mean, again, to the reactions that you and I had with the fragmentation of the the storylines, but they did get a chance to kind of mix things up, so we did get to see yep. some of these characters interacting with each other, and now we get this big heroic moment where they're back and reunited with their groups, and they can... Page uh, one, they're all standing together looking great. Yeah, and, and, and in fact, I think it's... It's a few pages after that where, you know, after they use Rachel Unglider's uh, Hail Mary bomb... Um, that you know, we see all of their proton streams converging on a single point, and you see all of the different teams together, and all of the different proton streams, and what they look like uh, on a single page and panel. And um, it, it, in terms of the culmination of the last seven issues to this eighth issue, it 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 definitely uh, it delivers on all fronts. You do get yeah. those heroic moments. You do get to see the entire team, uh, the who's who. I think of Ghostbusters is what Eric called it. Uh, you, you it do does, get to it, see that happen. It does make me wish that this whole storyline was animated or is animated in the future. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's the last 10, 15 minutes of an animated <laughs> thing. Yeah, this, this is the, the amazing. This is the backdoor pilot uh, that uh, IDW is going to now push this to. Hey, did you want to yeah, make an animated go. movie? Here you go. Here's your three-act structure. Um, but um, so, yeah. So I, I think – in terms of now seeing this this big um, final showdown uh, that we've we've alluded to in our discussions and and wondering oh shoot we have to wait till the very last issue in order to see that uh, have to be overcome uh, it it did deliver and uh, there are a couple there are a couple of good moments where uh, the bomb detonates and it looks like they've got her and she's like are you kidding me that's nothing I I'm just smaller I I can take this. Um, so th there's a lot of good sort of, uh, turns and twists in the 20 pages that work out pretty well. Um, ultimately in the end, the way they bring, uh, Tiamat down, I thought was great with all of the different interdimensional, um, traps. So they've basically now replanted her like Horcruxes across X amount of dimensions, uh, which she does take, will take, uh, generations for her to, uh, <laughs> recultivate herself. Yeah. Um, and you get the cool skeletal structure of Tiamat. Uh, she gets a second form, which is a nice nod to, 
Um, something, something that did not happen in the original Ghostbusters that was supposed to, you know, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was going to turn into something bigger and more demonic and, and frightening and terrifying. Yeah. When they shot it in a fire too, it was supposed to melt down and see a skeleton underneath. It was yeah. like, Bleh. uh, very, very, uh, you know, Harryhausen, uh, you kill the monster, but now the scary, the, the scary skeleton remains, uh, or, uh, you know, Terminator, Stan Winston loved his Harryhausen, uh, references, but, um, so, so everything, I mean, in terms of the way that they, they deal with Tiamat, great. Uh, Chris, what I thought you and I could focus our discussion on is how everything resolves after the end battle. Uh, yes. Tiamat is uh, left behind. Uh, Winston has a great moment of, you know, we can't put this trap in the containment unit. Let's just leave it here. Uh, in the <laughs> this this uh, purgatory that was set up by the collector's um and uh just a very you know uh, let's blow it up and walk away from the explosion kind of moment uh which i thought was great um but what happens when they get back to their regular uh scheduled programming uh i thought was kind of interesting because eric always has a wonderful way of resetting everything back to zero um you know everybody returns back to the prime universe uh holtzman is anxious to open up her own portal and start uh you know, traipsing from uh, dimension to dimension, and uh, they bring back the uh, subliminal messaging from <laughs> a while ago that yeah. uh, that Egon is able to. Anytime uh, Holtzman starts thinking about the plans for the dimensional portal, uh, she uh, she has a, tr- a triggered sense memory. I guess I, I could say <laughs> she she thinks of the chicken dance for some reason. Yes. Um, a, a wonderful way of just wiping everybody's memory. And, and Chris, you and I had talked about that before. Like, how are they going to reset things to zero or are they, are they going to, is everybody going to be stuck? And I thought for a moment there, they were going to be stuck in the prime universe that, uh, you know, Ray in his fit of rage, uh, with Jenny sort of sacrificing herself, speaking of earlier discussion in this same podcast, uh, he, he destroys the dimensional portal. And I thought, Oh, Oh, interesting. So everybody's going to be trapped there because Ray had a moment, a, a rare emotional outburst uh, that, that broke the portal. And then, of course, in one panel after that, they're, they kind of skirt that to the side, like, oh, we can rebuild that. That's easy. That's <laughs> Don't worry about yeah. it. No problem. Um, but uh, just there's a lot of emotionality to the conclusion. There's a lot of uh, sacrifice, again, with Jenny um, having to uh, submit herself into a containment in the containment unit in order to fulfill the last bit of quota that's uh, causing it to overload. Yes. Um, and again, you can kind of see that. I could see that happening some way, somehow in a Ghostbusters 3 movie. I think that's what you were alluding to earlier, right, Chris? That yeah, it's, it's, one, of those, it's one of those sacrifice moves, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and and again, it, it sort of it gave Jenny a very fitting conclusion. Cause I kind of wondered she, she had to disappear for a little bit. A, a lot of characters had to fall by the wayside, uh, in, in yeah. the, the space allotted for these eight issues. Um, but, uh, Je- Jenny and her relationship with Ray was one of those that, um, I, I, I thought, I thought deserved a little bit of, of time. And I wanted to spend some more time with that, especially after she became a ghost. I thought that that was a very fun and interesting dynamic that could be explored more, but, um, yeah, Tiamat always just has to break up couples, man. I don't, what is the deal with that? Like, uh, Winston and Tia and now, uh, poor, poor yeah. Ray and Jenny. Um, um, well, Peter and Dana had a, a small, cause she had to move on too. That wasn't Tiamat per se, but again, this yeah. whole Tiamat goes her, 
you know, God family thing. Always, I think the only person not messed with so far is uh, Egon. Maybe uh, I mean, uh, Egon, argument to be made. Egon yeah, flirted with death. Uh, That's true. A pun kind of intended there. Um, I, I do like uh, Jenny as Rorschach. <laughs> the whole. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm not caught in here. I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped <laughs> in here with me. me. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's uh, also and, a nice. And, and that's a, a nice way to, to the, the yeah. Kenner action figures, by the way. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, of the the post. What was the postman called? Uh, uh, oh shoot! I, what was his name? I just want to say dead letter, but that's not it. It's just I'm a, a terrible pun. fan. Uh, uh, and you would think playing yeah. all this Ghostbusters world, we'd have run into him by now. <laughs> uh, but it's also a good way, as you say, to put her on hold. Yeah, she is out of the way, but she is not in immediate risk. So uh, that's not a problem. Um, there was uh, a couple of things I wanted to see if you wanted to get into here, because the one thing I noticed is with the main threat stuff over, uh, we're back in the land of Dan has time to do um, uh, Easter eggs <laughs> Easter again. eggs. <laughs> Once we get back to the prime universe, yeah, we're, we're littered with Easter eggs again. Uh, uh, so, and this is, a, or as we call it, uh, help. Michael, help us. Uh, he he very kindly offered. He said, I'm very, look, I write all this stuff down. You can yeah, come I, read I it. I put it into the GB fans thread. Uh, you, and, you and I yeah. never, never have the time to catch up there. And, and, the, and B, um, yeah, we never have time to email them either. This is, this is, uh, but um, the, I believe the SOS. Uh, the SUV in the SUV, background. Like that? Yeah. 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 Uh, there's, Flying uh, Kevin, which I'm a little confused by, as well as Reporter uh, Slimer. <laughs> Reporter Slimer rings a bell, but I can't immediately yeah. think of where it's at. Um, uh, or Extreme uh, Egon. Uh, when I've been Slime t-shirt. Fantastic. By the way, yeah. Sony, bring back the classics. Just reboot yeah. the classics. I want the classics again. And they only um, have to cost twenty four ninety nine, which the, we have in writing from Peter Venkman himself. Yeah. That's right. Uh, where was that one thing, by the way? Uh, oh, uh, one of the screens, I thought it might have been. Oh yeah, the the same one with the SOS vehicle and and reporter Slimer on the right side of that panel. There's a doohickey with a screen, and I was trying to figure out if that was a uh, uh, a screen grab from the Ghostbusters uh, two uh, uh, Game it Boy. Looks like, yeah, it looks like the Game Boy game. Yeah. Um, and then other things I started to realize. Have we ever established? when this is, what the timeline is on, uh, on all this, the, the prime universe, uh, in terms of, uh, our, our, uh, like, is this 2018 or is this, uh, in it's, the past or yeah, the future? Or is it 2018, but it's, uh, developmentally set at a different time because Jenny's running around with a Nokia esque cell phone yeah uh their cordless at the office is is again there's a very the, the old 90, school like Conner, 1998 uh, yeah yeah <laughs> 1998 feeling to it uh plus the fact that like they go to view into the containment unit it's on a cathode ray tv right uh, yeah. as opposed you know what i mean like i i think i mean at one point i know that eric did address that that sort of timeline 
um, issue where, you know, it's, uh, he, he had to explain why the Ghostbusters hadn't aged that much, but they were using, you know, cell phones and, and the internet and, and modern technology. And, uh, I think yeah. th- they did have to slide things just a, a little bit just to kind of keep up with, um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's norm. It's normally not a thing. I didn't want to say a problem. It's normally n- not noticeable until just now. I was like, oh yeah, suddenly it's yeah. kind of does stick out a little bit. Well, well and I was attribute, uh, especially like the the old uh, cordless phone, which we actually had at our house too uh, when I was a kid uh, growing up. Um, that that sort of I attribute to them always using the found. Uh, you know, I'm sure that Ray and Egon go to the, the local Goodwill and that's what they buy. You yeah. know, that's where the answering machine came from. That's why they've got the old cordless phone. That's where they uh, recover all of their GAC and their components that they use for their equipment. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're thrifty. I, I always felt that they're, that's why they're using, <laughs> you know, a colander and things like that, uh, for their equipment. Um, yeah, they but, do kind of hodgepodge it together. Yeah. Found, um, found footage. Basically. I have a question for you. And by you, I mean, Mr. Michael Tanaka, uh, if you flip over to the page where, uh, Jenny, uh, oh, the page prior to that, by the way, where they first look into the containment unit and we get, we see from the television out. I love that he has both Egon's adjusting their glasses at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a nice touch. But, uh, if you move to the next page, uh, fourth panel down, uh, behind and right, what the heck is that? Again, it looks familiar, but I can't for the life of me figure out. Uh, that little, the window, you're talking about the red sort of, with the uh, circular Western arch with the circle in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, again, it looks familiar and it, it just doesn't kind of, yeah, it, it looks too deliberate. <laughs> I can't yeah. figure out what it is. I don't know. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to look on Michael's uh, thing there. Yeah. yeah um, we'll look it up after. You know what? You should go look it up too. Yeah. Let's we, just we've do done this pause. by design. <laughs> We're asking questions just so you can have yeah. the fun of going. Looking Go it check up. out Michael's thread on GB fans. It's it's always it's especially the interaction that happens there is always worth a good read. But um, now, yeah. um, I sorry. Go ahead. I, no, I, I just before I'm we full move of chocolate. Past it, I and I don't want it. I don't want to I'm dominate the co- on goofballs. I'm dominating the conversation <laughs> and I know uh, it no, because I, I I'm full of say, chocolate. I wanted to reiterate uh, that I, I really love the, the design of Jenny, uh, that I, I, I do yes. hope to see uh, cosplayers at Dragon Con putting together their ethereal uh, Jenny uh, cosplay because I, I think yeah. it's such a cool design. Um, and uh, yeah, I, let's see. What else? The, the panels with Ray getting excited again. Holtzman. Oh, well, we have to talk about uh, now having uh, Janine Melnitz being a spy for Peacock. I felt like that this has been something that's been building over the course of the last eight issues as well. You know, she's been flirting with uh, Peck in terms of taking Jenny's place as the Peacock advisor. Um, And uh, and she has her own list of demands, which I I think is is very Janine Melnitz like that. I want to keep both my salaries and I want you to add another 15 K on top of that. And um but uh, I, I think this is kind of the, the crux of what we're now getting into for whatever may come next uh, for the one shots, for the annual, for whatever the next miniseries is, is going to be um, Janine kind of being uh, Peck's eyes and ears uh, and, and spying on the Ghostbusters, that's that's kind of the sense that I get here, that there's a little bit of espionage happening here, that it's like she's hmm. she's now submitted to the fact that, yes, I will be your liaison, and I will only allow you to see the Ghostbusters 
um, when you want to, you know, I'm, I'm your eyes and ears, I'm your conduit. Um, so there's, there's two things that I feel like are happening here. One is, uh, there's a little bit of espionage that now, uh, Janine is going to be, uh, an informant to Peacock with maybe the guys knowing, I don't know if this is all under the table. Are they going to be aware of this? Not sure. Um, and then also now Janine is the boss, which I think is awesome. She's, she's going to be able, once the guys do know about this, she's going to be able to hold it over their heads. She's going to be able to kind of, uh, bust them on, on a few things. Uh, whenever she's asking for more help now, it's, it's going to be an official mandate that's coming down from the, uh, Peacock offices. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, there's going to a good, uh, a fair amount of, of, uh, well, a tur- turnabout is happening here where Janine's going to get her day, I guess is what I'm saying. But yeah, officially, I don't know if it's espionage so much as I read it as Peacock's not going anywhere. Peck himself has said that he can't stay hands on. And at the same time, team doesn't really want him hands on. If she doesn't take it, somebody else does. Well, I guess that's, yeah, that's a good point. So it's, it's somebody that you trust to be embedded. If it's somebody that's essentially going to be doing everything she's kind of already informally doing anyways, which is keeping an eye on them and organizing them and all that. And the only difference is that she's formally reporting to the government oversight group that's going to be involved anyways. And, and more to the point, she can get a, a, a pay raise and then demand a higher pay raise on top of that. (laughs) Good for Uh, her. Yeah. Good, good for Janine. Janine's finally getting, I mean, it's, it's nice to see Janine in a new role. And, uh, there yes. were, there were a couple of lines, especially in the last issue, I think it was in issue seven where they were, you know, talking about the, the Janines of various dimensions and, and the roles that they play. Um, and, and Janine prime now is getting, uh, uh, some new shoes to fill, which is going to be a lot of fun to see unfold. But uh, and and if you're talking about Easter eggs, it all happens in a coffee shop that's familiar to people who love and know the IDW comics. But yes, um, but I think Easter egg wise, I think they've given us a hint where things are going next year. Oh yeah. So I'm going to Inception uh, spoiler <laughs> al- uh, alert people here. If you haven't read any of the uh, Tintins. And you think you might walk away now or plug your ears for a second here. Did you read any of the Tintins? No, no, I was never. Yeah. Yeah. I I was never sure how much Americans read Tintin. Canadians did because um, it was partially our French language learning stuff too. We were all introduced to it and uh, got a lot of it. But uh, there's one of the stories, the Castafiore Emerald. Is a mystery at a mansion where a world-class opera singer comes and she brings her super expensive jewelry and there's a power, you know, a power cut and a scuffle and it's missing. And, uh, it's a, you know, fantastic, uh, trying to figure out who done it and where it went and danged if in the first panel he didn't draw a magpie. It was just a pastoral lead into the story that it was a tree and a nest and a magpie. And that was who the culprit was. A magpie stole the shiny thing. Mm. If you look in the very bottom right corner of that very last page. Yeah. Sharon's uh, patisserie. Oh, and there's yeah. a little bit of a kind of a woodcut of a, like a scythe at work, maybe a reaper. Oh, you think so? That the death uh, thing is going to come back here. The death threat set up earlier. The threat from death. Oh. Uh, I think. 
I think they've drawn a little bit of this is where things are going without telling us that's that's my bet. Podcast bet. That's, oh wow. That's yeah, that's a good one. That's I think, uh, I think Dan and Eric pulled a an Erge and and hit a little Easter egg in it. Uh, to wink where things are going. I know they set it up early on where death said, this is not over, but that's, you know, that's, yeah, that's and villain you know that speak. Death, that could be any. Death is a constant. You know that he will appear somewhere. <laughs> that, somewhere sometime, but I think this is a little wink and nod that this is where things go in the next hmm. year. Interesting. That's what I think. That's uh, what I think. I, and I, I would <laughs> love to see that. I mean, because I felt like that was one of those things too, where it was, they relied upon death of uh, admiring popular culture and trying to replicate a movie too much um, for for the resolution there. I felt like, oh, yeah, there needs to be a whole, I mean, death needs to have a whole lot more there. Like, the stakes are very high when he's around. So um, that would be cool. I'd, I'd yeah. be down with that. I'd Ghostbusters with that. versus death coming <laughs> 2019. Uh, done uh, Bill and Ted 2 style. Um, yes, yeah. Damn right. I, I, Interestingly enough, before we came to record down here, uh, Eric, uh, just a few short hours ago, uh, tweeted that he's got three secret, he was working on three secret, uh, projects, uh, consisting of nine issues, which in my head meant, uh, I just decided arbitrarily that it was a one-off and and two (laughs) four-parters. So now I'm kind of wondering they haven't they haven't told us anything about where things are going next year. So technically, that would be a secret. Uh, yeah. So double down on the podcast bet. I think uh, I think there's going to be a four part uh, Egon versus Death or Ghostbusters versus Death. Maybe maybe yeah. Th- that's the at least one of the minis that maybe he's working on. Yeah, definitely. And, and then and- I like I like to pretend that the second one is the uh, the movie Ghostbusters four parter that we posited last time. Do that. Oh idea. yeah. Please do that. Please do that. Please do that. But, um, well, uh, so, uh, we want to hear from you guys again, uh, calling out to you, uh, now that Ghostbusters crossing over number eight has finished, uh, what, what were your thoughts on it? Um, how do you feel that everything shaked out in the end? What are you looking forward to seeing in 2019 and beyond from IDW comics? Cause we know that stuff is coming. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, again, uh, it, it was big, it was epic. It was the, uh, crisis on infinite earths that we, uh, we were promised, uh, it may or may not have the repercussions of a crisis, uh, like event in the comic books. We, we'll still have to see how that kind of shakes out. Um, you know, it, it did not have the earth shaking magnitude that we, uh, posited, I don't know, uh, four months ago, five months ago when this was first announced <laughs> and we were saying like, Oh my God, they're going to merge the universes or they're going to uh, kill off. This is going to be like yeah. new 52 or uh, it, it didn't there, quite there was, get us to that point. There was no death of Supergirl, no. No, no, exactly. We didn't have to have a flash die uh, was, to get everything back <laughs> to normal. Here. There was more of a Supergirl went into the went into the Phantom Zone. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, Supergirl exactly. went into the Phantom Zone. Exactly. She'll be back later. But um, but yeah, uh, wonderful stuff as always from IDW. And uh, if you haven't uh, checked out at least crossing over, if not more, uh, you you owe it to yourself to read through the entire back catalog, especially now that there may be a little bit of a lull uh, between uh, here in December and whenever the next uh, group of that we do know that the there's the annual and the the um, one shot the SOS one shot uh, that's coming. Actually, do we know about an have they announced an annual? Just the one shot, right? Just the one shot, yeah. Yeah, so we don't even know about an annual, but I, I'm sure that that's a given. There's got to be another annual Gotta coming. be. Gotta um, be. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, what, all the news that's fit to print 
until uh, Michael writes us uh, in the morning and we'll come back <laughs> next week and, and talk about that. I would very, I'm very much looking forward to what Michael thinks of the, uh, where things are going. Yes. Yeah. He well, already hinted that he, he felt he had a, a, that's, I mean, Michael, you, you, uh, you hinted toward it, but we want to hear what, what is your, it's time hypothesis. to compare notes. Yeah. Uh, tell tell us where you think it's going, Michael. Call the voicemail. We dare don't wait you. another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... Ghostbusters! Interdimensional crossroads. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Um, all right, Chris. Well, this is a, a super long episode, but that's okay. Uh, again, uh, one of the last remaining few that we're going to be doing together here, so I, I don't mind it one bit. But uh, but uh, I got to give you final thoughts. This is uh, I, I think this uh, is the penultimate final thought of the 2018 yeah. season of the Cross Rip. What uh, what you got? I, I got I got three, and I think okay. I think I'll do the first one because I think uh, you and I can have a listen. And talk a bit about it next time too. Uh, our friends over at the Yes Have Some podcast, uh, the the episode they dropped today, recording the Wednesday before you everybody gets ours on a Monday. Uh, they talk about uh, stuff that they wanna. They they talk about two things. They talk about stuff they want to do, like as in fans converging at FanFest. Yes. And you and I kind of talked about uh, stuff too. So I'm kind of curious about what they have in mind and. Uh, what fun stuff they have uh, they're thinking of because uh, we're all going to be there uh, so yeah. we maybe oh, yeah. talk a bit about that it's never too early to talk about uh, escaping from <laughs> telling work you're taking a day off <laughs> or two and you're going to go drink in LA because I think that'll be involved uh, and then two um, they also talk about what they their thoughts on what fan fest will be and you and I have made posits about that too yeah. so I'm kind of curious about what they have in mind uh we can talk a bit about that. That was just one. That's the kind of, uh, is that a thought? No, but no, two. Good, yeah, go listen to Yes Have Some, uh, and, and especially if uh, they have more than just Ghostbusters related content, uh, which uh, it g- gives them an advantage over us where they can talk about all sorts of stuff. But uh, yeah, um, I, I haven't heard that episode yet. I guess if it went, it went live today, that's probably why I haven't seen it. But uh, So uh, we'll talk about what thoughts they had. Uh, we'll get into that. That might be final thoughts. That might be the ultimate final thoughts for 2018. Uh, yeah. You and I can maybe tuck into that next time. Well, I'm two sure was, we'll be talking about FanFest a ton in 2019. Yes. Yeah. Uh, two was uh, a little nod. It was hit, I forgot about it in the merch bit. Anovos. People's Anovos pack kits have started to show up. Oh, I know it's been a long time coming. I know there have been a lot of Pushing people that are like, when is it two coming? years. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the timing is about right, because I was a little confused. I knew people hadn't gotten their stuff. I knew it was going long. And they started pushing the Ghostbusters stuff, pack included, as part of their sales. They're heading into you know Black Friday and the yeah. know, Christmas sales and all that. And I was like, that's a bit bold if people aren't. And the people are like, I'm unboxing my set. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I get it now. You're yeah. um, 
So uh, I know people, let's just say if you ordered one uh, and you're a little choked it took this long, I get it. Uh, yeah. And do what you got to do. If you didn't order one, be quiet. Because I think all of us have a list of things over the years we tried to buy and fell through. I'm still out 40 bucks for a... Uh, Hardcover, 88 uh, miles per hour. Still sore, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know what? And that's a very expensive pack, and it showed up. So Yeah, they're delivering on their promises. <clears throat> uh, it did take them a while, but yeah. Not yeah. ideal. But again, they're not huge either. It's the thing people forget, too. It's not It's not like they're Amazon or you know some major manufacturer or anything like that. And they got it done, uh, and I'm sure there'll be uh, little bits that people are kind of unsure about somebody else pointed the 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 way it was shipped that they expect that people might be reporting cracked uh uh body casings we'll see Mm. but it doesn't matter they got it out and they're taking more orders so if that's your thing if you're you want to build or you want to get them to build it for you and you can afford the price it's done anyway so that was my final thought don't sweat it it's there so that's better than it fell apart yeah. Uh, and then the last thought is it's still too soon for Christmas. I know we're talking about the wrap-up of the year. We're still barely past the middle of November. The stores have been packed with Christmas stuff for two-plus, minimum two-plus weeks now. I went to Walmart the other day, uh, and it's filled with all their Christmas stuff. Uh, just the music was playing. It was Christmas music, and it was driving me nuts. And then in prepping for the Ghostbusters Home Shopping Network, um, I tried to find a new source of Kmart Christmas Muzak, and I found it, and it is clear as a bell. <laughs> it is. I love the other stuff, but nice. it was like a reel-to-reel or something. It was a bit. Yeah. It was a bit analog warm. This one's analog too, but the guy was listing off the machine he had, which is some special turntable that has a like a pre-needle cleaning system and all this. Like, it was just, um, it sounds amazing. Muzak remastered. Muzak remastered. I got got like an hour and a half. And what I realized was, listening to it was, I need this on my phone so that when I walk into a store and they're playing Mariah Carey for the 18th time today. Pop in the earbuds. And it's November 20th. No, this this classic instrumental stuff it actually does make me happy it does conjure up memories nice. of, oh, love, of that's the, that's one of my favorite parts of the, the episodes uh, you do yeah christmas in the 70s just warm memories of christmas <laughs> like when it was still like pure childlike stuff rather than adult uh you know response i love christmas and i love that i have a little guy that i have to make christmas for like that's what i love about it now but a lot of the trappings I'm kind of a little burnt out on and the music is a big one. And then I ran into this one and it's just that, man, I know music's supposed to be cheesy, but this, this old, you know, orchestra strings, horns, renditions of classic Christmas stuff and no singing. I'm like, I could listen to this all day. So. Nice. Oh, I look forward to hearing it, man. That's going to be make, fun. I'll make sure to put, when we post this, I'll make sure, you're the guy who posts. I'll make sure you have the links to where I found it. It's up on Archive.org. You know what? If you go there now and search for it, you might find it. But uh, yeah. I'll put the direct links to it uh, nice. if people want to grab their own copies. Cause I, it's, love uh, it. I love it. Um, all yeah. right. Well, uh, yeah, so stay tuned. That uh, Ghostbusters Home Shopping Network is coming. Um, and uh, some some fun stuff still in the plans for 2018. We're not done yet. As Chris mentioned, it's still too early for Christmas, although I do need to be up in like six hours to make a turkey because tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Uh, but uh, 
But yeah, uh, holidays are upon us, but that always means fun uh, episodes uh, on the horizon. So, uh, and then in 2019, whole fan fest and announcements and a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. But uh, all right, until uh, next week, everybody. See you on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Next week, though, Careless Pets. We're so cool.